Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. It's time for Lombardi Memories, a show that takes you back in time, into January or February, to the greatest one-day spectacle in all sports. This is the Every Other Tuesday podcast that looks back at each and every one of the 50-plus Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fan who needs more than a box score, this podcast goes drive-by-drive, play-by-play through the most dramatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips, and today we have Super Bowl II between the NFL champion Green Bay Packers and the AFL champion Oakland Raiders. Played on January 14, 1968, this game was known as the second AFL-NFL World Championship game. It was not called the Super Bowl yet, and the old Orange Bowl Stadium in Miami, Florida, was the host of this Super Bowl, and it would also host the next Super Bowl, Super Bowl III, meaning that it's the only stadium that has ever hosted back-to-back Super Bowls. As always, we have a pop quiz and then homework at the end of the episode. My pop quiz question today is, what individual player record was set in this game and still stands today? The answer will come at the end of the podcast. Everyone knows the story of how the Packers got to the second Super Bowl. After beating the Los Angeles Rams 28-7 in a divisional playoff game in Milwaukee, the 9-4-1 Packers played the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL Championship game at Lambeau Field, on New Year's Eve, 1967. You know the story of this game. The temperature of this game was minus 13 degrees Fahrenheit, with a wind chill of minus 45. The field had an electric heating system that malfunctioned and failed. Some people say it it was intensely uh, failed, but it caused the field to be completely frozen. The Packers took a 14-0 lead, but the Cowboys came back to go up 17-14 in the fourth quarter. Then Bard Starr led a 68-yard drive with five minutes to go, culminating with one of the most famous plays in NFL history. Bard Starr scored on a one-yard quarterback sneak with less than half a minute to go, and the game went down in history known as the Ice Bowl, the Packers won that NFL championship game 21-17 and advanced to Super Bowl II. 
The Raiders, on the other hand, they got to the Super Bowl by just cruising through the AFL. They finished 13-1 in the regular season, and they pasted the Houston Oilers 40-7 in the AFL championship game. The Raiders scored 40 or more points six times on the way to the Super Bowl, and twice they scored 51 points. The AFL didn't offer much competition to the Raiders, but they would have their hands full with the Packers in Miami. The Packers were again heavy favorites in the Super Bowl. The Raiders were getting 13.5 points. In addition, rumors were swirling that this was Packers head coach Vince Lombardi's final game. The Packers were determined to make him go out a winner. The Raiders won the toss and chose to receive. Running back Larry Todd ran back the opening kickoff to the 27. The Raiders gained only one yard as they went three and out, and they punted it over to Green Bay. The Packers started their offense by handing off the running back Donnie Anderson, who went for five yards. Fullback Ben Wilson took the next carry for three yards before Anderson took a dive play off the left side for a first down. Quarterback Bart Starr completed his first pass of the game to receiver Carol Dale, and he got to the Oakland 45. Wilson then ran for a first down. The Raiders jumped offside, followed by Bart Starr throwing to tight end Mar Fleming to get to the Raiders' 31-yard line. But from there, the Packers could not move the ball any closer. Now, with the goalposts at the time being on the goal line, that meant that they were well within kicker Don Chandler's field goal range. He made a 39-yard field goal, and the Packers took a 3-0 lead. Raiders quarterback Daryl LaMonica got his team's initial first down on a pass to receiver Bill Miller at the 38. The Raiders then got set back by a clipping call, but then they got a first down when Packers linebacker Ray Nitsky was called for pass interference. LaMonica then got the Raiders into Packers territory with a pass to Miller to the 46, gaining another first down. However, the Raiders couldn't make it any further, so they were forced to punt. Their punter, Mike Eyeside, downed the Packers at their own three-yard line. But then the Packers put together one of their typical long drives, which took off a lot of time from the clock. Wilson began with a seven-yard run. Then Anderson picked up the first down. Starr threw to Dale for a first down at the 30, and then he handed off to Wilson for six more yards. Anderson got the next first down before Starr took off on a 14-yard scramble into Oakland territory. Anderson moved the Packers into a fourth and one, which Wilson picked up with a runoff tackle to the 31. Starr then threw it over to Anderson for seven more yards, and then Wilson got it down inside the 15 for another new set of downs. But the Packers weren't able to get the ball into the end zone, so Chandler came out to try a 20-yard field goal. He made it, and the Packers took a 6-0 lead early in the second quarter. The Raiders then went 3-and-out, with Packers defensive end Willie Davis sacking LaMonica to force a punt. It took just one 
play for the Packers to take advantage of that because Starr threw long down the middle of the field and found receiver Boyd Dowler, and he went all the way 62 yards for a touchdown, and the Packers went up by a 13-0 score. Now the Raiders, they were in danger of getting blown out at this point, but they prevented that from happening with their next drive. Running back Pete Banizak ran it a couple times to get eight yards, and then fellow running back Hubert Dixon picked up the first down. Yeah, hard name to say there. LaMonica found Miller for a first down at the Green Bay 40, and then he threw the Banizak for another first down at 25. Two plays later, LaMonica went back to Miller and hit him for a 23-yard touchdown down the right sideline, and the Raiders cut the deficit to 13-7, to so they're back into the game. But then they got even a chance to move even closer in the game because defensive tackle Tom Keating sacked Bart Starr, and the Packers had the punt. Defensive back Roger Bird returned the punt 12 yards, setting up the Raiders near field goal range. Banizak took a sweep to the 40, but the Raiders couldn't make it part of the then the 39-yard line. So they sent out kicker George Blanda for a 47-yard field goal, but his kick came up short of the goalpost. Packers defensive back Willie Wood was waiting back there, and what he should have done was let the ball go through the end zone for a touchback, but instead he caught it and ran with it and returned it to his own 8-yard line. So then the Packers went 3 and out from there, and... They had to punt with less than a minute to go in the first half. Donnie Anderson, who was the running back, he was also the team's punter, so he kicked it away. But Bird muffed the return, and linebacker Dick Cap for the Packers recovered the ball with just 23 seconds left on the clock. Star through Dowler, and that got them into field goal range at the Raiders' 36. In the final play of the first half, Chandler made a 43-yard field goal, and the Packers took a 16-7 lead into halftime. The second half started out slowly, with the Packers going three and out, and the Raiders getting just one first down on a run by Dixon before they had to punt it right back. The Packers then took over at their own 17-yard line, and Starr led them on another long drive. Wilson ran for 14 yards, and Anderson took a sweep to the left and got eight more yards. Then Starr went long for Max McGee, the receiver who was the hero of Super Bowl One, and he hauled in this long pass for 36 yards. Starr then went to Dale and hit him for a, another first down. He got down to the 13. Then he passed it to Anderson to get down to the two-yard line. Anderson plunged off the right side for a two-yard score, and the Packers went up 23-7. Oakland went three and out, and the Packers got the ball back at their own 38. The Raiders then got called for holding on the first play of the new drive. Starr hit Dale at midfield. And then Anderson ran it a couple times, and he got a first down at the 39-yard line. Starr threw to Fleming for
for another first down inside the 30-yard line. Wilson and Anderson got a couple of runs, and they took the ball into field goal range. So Chandler got a chance to try his fourth field goal attempt of the game. His attempt from 31 yards out was very low, and it ended up hitting the crossbar, but fortuitously bounced over the crossbar and through the uprights for his fourth successful field goal of the game. And it put the Packers up 26-7 at the end of the third quarter. Green Bay put this game away by forcing two turnovers. The first came on a pass to Banizak. He fumbled the ball, and linebacker Dave Robinson picked it up and returned it to the Oakland 37-yard line. The Packers didn't score off this turnover, but they would on the next one. Monica got the Raiders near midfield, but then he threw an interception to defensive back Herb Adderley. And Adderley returned at 60 yards for touchdown, and the Packers went up 33-7, and there was no coming back at that point for the Raiders. They were done, and there wasn't enough time left. So the Packers were just going to cruise the victory. Game was in the bag. Raiders, though, they kept fighting. LaMonica threw a another 23-yard touchdown to Miller. Um, that was the second touchdown for each of those guys. And later at the end of the game, the Raiders had another chance to make the score look a little better, but the Packers stopped them. So the final score ended up 33-14, to a second straight decisive Super Bowl win. For the Packers. Now it's time to give out some awards to the best players and worst players of the game. So uh, the MVP of this Super Bowl was Bart Starr again because he went 13 for 24, throwing for 202 yards and a touchdown. But who was the next best player on his team? The one who would win MVP if not for him? I would have to give that to kicker Don Chandler. He made all four of his field goal attempts, as well as three extra point attempts. And that's the answer to today's pop quiz, because Chandler scored 15 points, the most ever in Super Bowl history by a kicker. No kicker has ever scored more points than that, and that record still stands to this day. The one who's come closest to breaking it was 49ers kicker Ray Worsing in Super Bowl 16 because he's the only other kicker to make four field goals in a Super Bowl, and he made two extra points, but that was only 14 points. So Chandler's 15 points by kicker, that record has stood for over half a century. In case you're wondering what the record is, total points in the Super Bowl, that is 20 points scored by James White of the New England Patriots running back in Super Bowl 51. He scored three touchdowns and a two-point conversion, and he should have been named MVP of that Super Bowl. Who is the least valuable player of this game? The player who had the biggest hand in his team losing. I'd have to go with the Raiders' return man, Roger Bird. He muffed that punt at the end of the first half, and that led to a quick Green Bay field goal. If he just holds onto that ball, the Raiders go into the second half, and they're down 
no more than six points, and they might have even had a shot of throwing a Hail Mary in the final second, so that really hurt. The most valuable player on the losing team, who was it? I got to go with receiver Bill Miller. He caught five passes for 84 yards and two touchdowns. He had a great game and a losing cause, and he finishes just ahead of LaMonica, who may have won it, but Miller had quite a game, so he wins the Most Valuable Player Award for the losing team. What was the play of the game? Well, I'd love to give it to the late, great Herb Adderley, who just died recently after a remarkable, fantastic Hall of Fame career because he had that pick six in the second half. But that's actually not my pick. I'm actually going to go with Bart Starr's 62-yard touchdown pass to Boyd Dowler because the Packers were going to win whether or not Adderley returned that pick for a touchdown. But Starr's pass to Dowler made it 13-0. That pretty much ended the hopes of the Raiders. They never came back after that. Starr just had that killer instinct and that pinpoint accuracy. It's why he's one of the finest to ever take a snap in NFL history. Dowler finally got his touchdown after missing out on getting one in Super Bowl one thanks to that shoulder injury he sustained early in the first quarter of that game. Now, what was the biggest play of this game that no one remembers? I have to go with George Blanda's missed 47-yard field goal in the second quarter. While that, that seems that it was rather insignificant because the game ended up with a 19-point margin, it meant a lot at the time because the Raiders were only down by six. If he makes that kick, the Raiders would have pulled within three, and they would have had a much better shot of catching Green Bay. Who was the best player in this game that you have never heard of? How about Packers fullback Ben Wilson? You know Paul Horning, Jim Taylor, even Donnie Anderson. You don't know Wilson. He was the Packers' leading rusher in this game with 17 carries for 62 yards. But here's the funny thing. This was the final game of his career. He never played another down in the NFL after this game. He had played four seasons with the Los Angeles Rams before coming to Green Bay, where he finished his career with a Super Bowl ring. Finally, I'm giving you some homework. You can buy these books at sportshistorynetwork.com. Simply go down to the logo of this podcast, Lombardi Memories, click it, and you'll find links to all the books mentioned in this podcast. If you can... Uh, buy them off Amazon using these links. You can help out Sports History Network by doing that. And for this episode, there are two books worth buying. The first is Ice Bowl 67, The Packers, The Cowboys, and The Game That Changed the NFL by Chuck Carlson. is a fantastic story about the 1967 NFL championship game, The Ice Bowl. And at the end of the book, it talks some about this game, Super Bowl II. The second is also named Ice Bowl, with the subtitle of The Cold Truth About Football's Most Unforgettable Game by Ed Grover. This one doesn't talk too much about Super Bowl II, 
but it really gives you an idea of how the Packers got to the Super Bowl. Both of these books are fantastic reads. You'll be sure to enjoy them. Thank you for joining me for Lombardi Memories. Yes, I'm reading off the teleprompter, but I'm still learning this thing. I'll get better as we go along. So, um, next time we're going to have one of the most important games in NFL history. Super Bowl III, the greatest upset of all time. Played between the AFL's New York Jets and the NFL's Baltimore Colts. Can Joe Willie Davis back up his guarantee? Find out next time, as I will see you back here two Tuesdays from now, two weeks for Lombardi Memories. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.